Welcome to Bertrand's podcast. Cool Korea. Men's fashion. Supermodels. Style. Dive in the world of high fashion. Hi, you guys. So this is my very first podcast. Um, I think this is like an idea that I have had for a very long time, but I wasn't sure when to do it, how to do it, and actually in which language I wanted to do it. Because at very first... Um, you know, in the first place, when I started with languages and with fashion and with this um, media um, frantic obsession that I have, I always asked myself in which language I had to sort of transmit my emotions and my ideas and what I wanted to do. So I thought perhaps with French, um, Spanish, English, Italian, there wouldn't be any problem. It just I just have to choose, you know, whose audience I want to talk to. Maybe, uh, I don't know, this is the very first one, so maybe, and the previous, uh, sorry, the next ones, and maybe I would change sometimes the language, depending on who is watching and who is hearing, actually, better said. <laughs> All right, so, I, for the very first podcast, I wanted to talk about my passion for fashion, because this is really a big part of who I am. So, this month uh, in Cool Korea magazine, oh, by the way, uh, for some of you who don't know me, my name is Bertrand, and I'm a fashion model turned, fashion photographer turned editor-in-chief of a magazine. Um, my company is called B Media Press Group, and I'm directing personally this men's fashion publication called Cool Korea. And in January, we're actually going to be celebrating six years, so I'm I'm pretty stoked about this. Like it, I've never thought it would happen, and you know, years in fashion after being a model and now being a photographer and editing my own magazine is such a, a thrill. But I've never thought we will have so much success. So it's it's pretty exciting. So the idea of a monthly magazine has always been super appealing to me. And ever since I was 12 years old, I knew this would be the project that I would bloom into and throughout. And every month, my team of incredible photographers, stylists, hair and makeup people, as well as editors, they push themselves very hard to create those jaw-dropping and imaginary storylines that will hopefully transport you to our world, what I call the world of wonders. And particularly this month's issue was for me a transgressive issue for the models whose life looks, ways of living and thinking, maybe breaking the rules and get out of that standard box of what the society wants all men to look like. To me, a man today doesn't have to be defined by his youth, sex appeal, beer, abs, sexual preferences or his way of being himself. It's about being a responsible, embracing, open-minded, worldly uh, citizen. And I love when I watch men and women who are being confident with who they are and they're going after their dreams today, not even giving a shit about what and how they should behave in the world, just because of who they are, and they just go with it. And if uh, you had to write a letter to your younger self to teach them what you know today and to avoid mistakes, to create better avenues and contacts for yourselves, what would you do? Would you do it? Or would you rather want to keep things as they are because they made you who you are? That's an interesting question that I asked myself and I asked some of my team members when we were creating the editorial editorial spreads of this month's school career.
breaking the rules, yeah, I mean, that's what I want to do with the magazine, but not in a chaotic way. I do the things I need to do without reaching a level of, you know, am I going to make someone uncomfortable? No, it's, it's all about, you know, having this kind of better life and more importantly, sharing the life that you have with the people around you and the success and, you know, giving help to people that need to grow. And it's often the case with people who are generous and um, I would say with the knowledge. I mean, you, you have to use the power that you have to make things better for people. And um, every time I work with the magazine with my teams, we always talk about that. We always say, okay, we have this kind of platform. And is this platform really helping people? I mean, of course, we are promoting people like photographers and models and all the people, but we always do this in order to give this kind of help. That help that I used to say, and I keep saying actually issue after issue that I, I've never had when I started modeling and being able to give that help today, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, why do people seem to travel up the success ladder of warp speed while others seem to be stuck where they are for a long time? I think as frustrating as this can be, the good news is success in work and in life is not some random game of chance. You have to bring yourself in and to give time and dedication to your love, um, to your life and your dreams. That's why I did it. And um, granted, getting a promotion and successfully launching your business is far from a 100 exact science, but there's plenty you can do to tip the scales in your favor. Even the words that I'm writing right now can demonstrate this. You can tell from everything that, I've, that I'm saying right now with the passion that pours out of me that it can also come out of any of you. But you need to believe in yourself and you need to work to reach these objectives of yours. I, I freaking love what I do and it, it shows even though you can't see me and you just can hear my voice. I mean, when you see the videos of the magazine on YouTube, you can, but uh, especially in this podcast, you just you can hear my voice. And I think passion is like a magnet according to science. But when you see passion, I think it makes the starting like uh, having more passion because you, you act and you do the things you do because you want them and you're drawn to charisma in the same way because you want more of it. And everybody in their own personal and professional circles, they have had to get lost and so they could be found again. And that's the beauty of being reborn and finding your own path over and over again. But remember... Um, Tara Banks used to say that the road of success is not a straight line, it's a zigzag line. You know, it's the bottom line, the following, charismatic, oh, sorry, the bottom line is the following. Charismatic people are surrounded by passion and drive. I feel that every time I work on an issue of the magazine, I try to convey that charisma, that passion, that love for, for fashion, and not just for fashion, I think more about what I do and could be, you know, writing this editor's letter of this month's magazine. It could be about styling the shoot, photographing the models, retouching, um, creating videos, um, having those conversations with the designers myself, going to showrooms. I, I, I pull, I think, a great um, deal of passion in anything that I'm doing on every single day. Um, I think it's just um, it's just who I am. 
I think when you're not working and when you're not doing what you love, you can get lost. And I think it's terribly exciting when you're doing something and um, you just you just live through it. I think it's absolutely exciting. Um, what else I wanted to talk to you about? Well, of course, how I started. So when I was 12 years old, I perfectly remember my grandfather and I used to go to the museums almost uh, every weekend because I loved that. And um, he was very kind and he was a... He wasn't a big talker like like I am, you know. He was just someone who liked to keep things for himself. But he was terribly human. He was a very good human person, very decent, loving, and um, a great uh, grandfather figure. You know, this kind of protective, um, sane, uh, down-to-earth kind of guy. Well, he had these bad moments, obviously, and he wasn't perfect. But he was this kind of uh, very good man that I used to look up to. And um, so when I was 12 years old, I remember we used to go to the museums all the time then. Um, I come from a small town in the south of France called Béziers. And when he used to take me to um, the um, the place, the square, there was a big square in the city center next to the big uh, statue of uh, our founder, uh, Paul Riquet. And um, he... We we used to take some some uh, croissants and you know having a drink or something, and I remember we were stopping by in front of those kiosks, those magazine kiosks, in the city center, and I remember um, watching those magazine covers. At the time, it was only like big magazines like Vogue and Hell, Marie Claire, Harper's Bazaar, GQ, and mostly uh, we were it was men um, women's magazine. And um, I dreamt about that world. Immediately, since we were going to the uh, museum to see ancient things and paintings and sculptures and links from our past, I thought also looking up at magazine covers, showing up those incredible women dressed in the most dramatic fashions, um, it was something that really appealed to me. And um, a few years later... um, I was uh, 15 years old and again I was sort of transported by the idea of those magazines that refer to the times and they always take you back and um, I stopped when I was uh, 15 and I saw that cover of Christy Turlington uh, for American Vogue magazine by Stephen Klein and uh, I fell in love, literally. Like, I, I, I remember that cover, I, it stuck in my mind, you know, this incredible pose, this superb women dressed in the most dramatic uh, and, and glamorous clothes. It, it was amazing, like, I've never seen that in my life. And I remember all the kids my age, they were just, you know, going to do sports, they were doing other things and watching TV, roller skating, cycling. And I, it was completely the opposite of me because I was a swimmer. I've been a swimmer my whole life. And then at 15, I discovered my passion. Think fashion and photography and supermodels and another instrumental uh, person in that career was definitely Tyra Banks. I remember watching her doing the runway shows in Paris when she was 17 and she was on TV. You could see her on the magazine covers in the news um, kiosk everywhere and 
She was starting at the time, but you can clearly see she had that special something that you can't explain. She was very tall, very thin, those amazing green eyes, um, caramel skin color and long hair. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, I love that woman. And then you can hear, and I was reading uh, English texts at the time, and I was still very young. I was 15. I didn't know so much English, but I started to learn English because of her, because I wanted to know her story, because I wanted to know what she was talking about in her interviews and cover stories. And then, you do computers, YouTube happened, and you could see the videos of past runway shows she was doing, and yeah, it was amazing. So... I decided after seeing those magazine covers because of my family's connections and um, my true desire, I have to say, and people always saying that, you know, I was tall and I could do something more than just being a swimmer. And the idea of being a fashion model uh, came to me. And all of a sudden, I went to some uh, photo test with photographers in the south of France. And I start doing photos myself and on my on myself. And um, that's how I send my book to uh, agencies in Paris. And you know, we are doing a lot of castings, um, fittings, photo shoots. And little by little, after working and I traveled to London, I went to Germany to visit a friend. And you know, doing those kind of trips also made me discover that there were so many possibilities and not just staying in your own country in the south of France in a very small city with no uh, interesting horizons. So after traveling and after doing a few jobs and very difficult years, um, I decided to become an Erasmus student and I went to university and I was continuing modeling on the side and It really took off when I came to Madrid and uh, stayed there for five years uh, modeling, always going back and forth to do my studies in Perpignan and doing the master degree and then the PhD degree. Um, and so I was modeling on the side. I was studying at the same time because I wanted to become a teacher. So I was doing uh, studying theology, the study of languages. And... 10 years in the game, the last year, since I, I was a model for 11 years, uh, I decided to become a photographer because I thought my passion for fashion couldn't stop there after I stopped modeling and I need to do something creative as well. So I became a photographer and now it's been uh, eight years almost. Uh, this is my eighth year now, starting. And I really love, you know, taking photography. I love this kind of idea that you can create um, something from your mind and then with the help of amazing people, you know, hair stylists, makeup artists, designers, create something absolutely amazing. Um, I think this passion for fashion that I had, I try to transmit it every single time on every page with every single model that I hire. I do the castings and I'm looking for that, that drive, that passion that I had. It's very difficult because you cannot really teach someone how to be passionate, you know. They have to want it. Um, what the models needs to do when I pick up a camera is to project. The model's mission is to, to wow us all on the set of a fashion photo shoot. And that's something that I learned when I was modeling at 15. 
I was taught back uh, by agency bookers and photographers to always convey strong emotions and to give very angular yet modeling poses and to bring drama to each and every shot. And the eyes, they, they have to sell the pictures. They are to the window to your soul, you know. Everybody says that, but it's true. It's, it, they're absolutely right. When I look at models now, uh, you know, like people like Coco Rocha and Chanel Prime, I'm very happy because I know that those hugely known international supermodels that work their ass off in every modeling job they've got. These guys, they understand the job description. Model H2T, head to toe. And they, they know how to move, they know how to bring emotion to the pictures. And I love them because of that. Because when you see a model, you, you, you need to, to feel attracted. You need to want to have you know, the same skin, the same hair, the same clothes. You want to be like them. And today, when I'm doing the, the castings, it's hard because a lot of those guys, they don't know anything. And that's the funny thing when I compare with people who are fans of football, let's say. You can ask anybody in the whole world if they are fans of football. They would know how to... Um, they would know the colors of all the teams uh, in the world. They will know the biggest uh, football players. But modeling for people who want to be modeled nowadays, they don't really feel that it's like a skill, but it really is. You need to have that skill. You need to have the knowledge not the knowledge really just for saying that you know, but it's like knowledge is power. When you don't know something, how are you going to convey a designer or a big fashion house that you are the right face? It's not just about being pretty and having amazing apps. It's about being that image, being that person and embodying that person. But you only can embody the character if you have studied a little bit the story of fashion, if you know who are the biggest supermodels, which are the biggest brands. And today, I think those people that I'm trying to hire and to teach everything that I've, that I've learned over the 11 years in, in fashion is that they lack, they lack this kind of knowledge. They don't know. And they feel that because they have a six-pack abs and a handsome face that it will you know, take them to superstardom. And that's not the case. To be a real working fashion model, it takes skills, it takes a lot of luck, it takes years, a great management for a big agency, a lot of passions, and a lot of passion. And it's hard because if someone is pretty, they will become a commercial model, but they would not become a real bona fide modeling superstar. And I think if you want to be a high fashion model, you need to have this kind of ability to convey emotions without any words. You need to be able to transform in front of the camera and the clothes, the hairstyle, the, the type of photos. It really doesn't matter. You can be naked and looking absolutely fierce, but you have to be the character that the photographer wants you to become on that day. And whatever, um, whatever it takes, you need to do it. And that's how you can become a big, uh, successful model. I think the magazine has been front and center from the very first start um, to educate and um, serve and find the biggest modeling stars of tomorrow. And we started in November in 2012. Um, and it was a launching platform, really, for... Uh, fresh-faced models, and 
in one part, that's what, one of the reasons that I created it. I wanted to be able to look for talents and groom and teach them and how to become more serious and take this career somewhere else. And for Lunky Bunch, it's the place to start before booking future big modeling gigs. I have uh, helped a lot of models, a lot of people who started uh, without any knowledge, any photos. And my team and I, we have been doing interviews and test shoots, polaroids, runway lessons, agencies hunts, um, as well as teaching them on the importance to have the knowledge of the fashion industry. And after their first editorials, you can clearly see who will go and learn and who will stop their path into becoming a driven fashion model. And um, that's, I mean, you can absolutely tell right from the start. The way they um, shake your hands, the way they look at you, the way they sort of cut you off if they have an important question or just by saying, you know what, I have to go, my girlfriend is actually waiting for me, I have a birthday this weekend, uh, okay, you will tell me for the next shoot, and they don't even, you know, continue with um, the relationship that you just built. It's a professional relationship, but you need it. I mean, any model who wants to become successful, you need to pay respect, to be very uh, attentive to the photographers or the magazine editors who are actually taking an interest in you. I think it's also important to understand uh, what I call career objectives, which is to plan the end at the beginning. And that's a tip that I really learned from my own role model, Tara Banks. I've been studying uh, how she did it, and I've been doing an investigation, if you will, on how the model models today want to become real professional models. And very few really do want that. If we talk numbers, over the five, six hundred models that I have had in interviews over the last seven, eight years, only ten of them actually um, repeated with me or other photographers. Like five hundred that I've seen in person, and we only caught um, one hundred of them, and only ten of them are actually repeating from time to time, you know, issue after issue, and only five of them truly have, for me, the means of becoming real, great fashion models. I think that's very important because you can have the face, you can have the height, you can have, you know, the amazing abs. If you don't have the personality, the knowledge, the luck, and the ability to move, you're not going to go anywhere. You can, you can trust on that, for sure. I think the models, they first meet an editor or an important photographer that's key into becoming successful and the point is that we're not really focusing on who they are we just want to see how they react when they ask when we ask them a question if they will be creative enough in how they shape uh, their answer how they will dress up the day of the interview if they have their kind of sense of style they don't have to be afraid if they already have images in mind that they want to create um, if they studied what we ask of them to study uh, before actually doing the interview. Um, and that's that's really the key, to be able to transform. I think when I look at the most powerful and recognizable cover models of today, I think they all are the most amazing chameleons in, in this planet. 
And if you have photographers like Stephen Meisel, Patrick de Marchelier, Stephen Klein, Mario Testino, those photographers, they will give you um, the most amazing photos. They will transform you, but you have to be able to transform yourself. That's why sometimes when I see some editorial stories, you can clearly see the models who put the passion in the work and those who just, they're just there, they're just bland. And that's why they're not becoming more successful after that. Because you can have the best styling in the world, you can have the most amazing, important photographers taking your pictures, but if you're not bringing the passion from you, then you're not going to go anywhere. And that's something that we all have seen, you know, over the last... And 15, 16 years that I've been in fashion. I think also one of the ideas that I have when now I'm the one taking the camera is that models, they can be muses to the designers and the editors and photographers. and But they need to have this kind of a connection. You know, you can see today some of the biggest stars like Linda Evangelista, Jason Bunchton, Kate Moss. They all have been very glamorous and you know, important in their careers. But they always had that strong relationship with the biggest photographers and they established themselves as stars in the industry because they knew what to do and how to do it. However, the landscape of male fashion isn't so widely open. Hence why when we created Cool Korea, I think I wanted to expand the definition of a male model. And however, I have to say that the cover models we pick always have the same kind of things in common. I mean, there have to be like between 16 and 30 years old. They have to be very tall and model-esque. They have to kind of have amazing jaws and, you know, cheekbones. And But they have to be also very memorable. They have to, you know, bring this kind of a connection with the readers because it's been, it's going to be almost six years now, so... The models we repeat with a lot of times, they have to, you know, when they appear on the cover and when they are doing the editorial shoots, they have to bring this kind of passion that I used to have, that I'm trying to teach them, and hopefully that the readers will see, you know. You have to be charming, funny, crazy, fashion-obsessed, uh, but you have to bring yourself to the table, and that's hopefully... Um, the lesson that they can uh, learn from me because I always say I'm not uh, a know-it-all kind of person. I still have a lot of things to learn. I'm by no means a bad photographer at all. Uh, I'm just doing what I'm doing because this is what I like. So, you know, people collaborate with me and people uh, continue working with me year after year and they trust in the magazine. That's why they come back and that's why we have this kind of big readership. But uh, ultimately, they come back because they want to continue to have this connection, whether it's with the models, whether it's with the designers that we bring, the interviews that we try to get, um, and a perspective. I think it's very important to have a point of view. One advice that I would give to the future uh, cover stars of tomorrow, it would be this one. To be brilliant, to be captivating, to be alive to be bright and exciting. You need to remember that you are on a certain level and you need to project. You need to be the face and you need to have something in your mind as well. You know, the most influential uh, fashion magazines, they don't give 
covers and editorials to whoever. The guys have to have this kind of confidence and passion. And beauty may take you to many places, but your personality and hard work will get you anywhere. Thank you very much, you guys, to have followed this very first podcast, and I hope to see you soon. Bye. XOXO, Bertrand.